Does Watergate bother you? It still bothers the left. Well, the truth is, it excites the left. The idea of replicating Watergate and bringing down a president. Welcome to Throwback Thursday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. Patron Jay sent me a commentary in Imprimus, the Hillsdale College newsletter, by a political science professor named John Marini. Type Imprimus Marini Watergate Nixon Trump into your search box and up comes Professor Marini's commentary. His topic was American political scandals. This is timely because the narrative now taking hold on the left is Trump Russia equals Nixon Watergate. Trump Russia equals Nixon Watergate because of obstruction of justice. The underlying offense may have been trivial or in Trump's case non-existent. But a corrupt president abusing his executive power to interfere with the investigation of the matter? That is an impeachable offense. President Nixon's press secretary called the failed effort to bug Democratic Party headquarters at the Watergate Hotel a third-rate burglary. But the aftermath did turn toxic and politically fatal to the Nixon presidency. The left has its model and now is trying to apply it to the Trump presidency. Professor Marini begins his analysis with a reference to the classic Jimmy Stewart, John Wayne film, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Lee Marvin played Valance, the archetypal villainous Western gunslinger who terrorizes a town. Stewart plays a politician, a senator who probably could be president, whose career was built on the premise that he was the man who shot Liberty Valance, thus bringing peace and prosperity to his community. In reality, it was the -the rough-around-the-edges character played by the Duke who shot Valance. Near the end of the film, Stewart confesses to the editor of the local paper that he was not the man who shot Liberty Valance. That's when the famous line cited by Professor Marini was delivered. The editor says, When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. In other words, if I print this truth in my paper, the result will not be the end of the senator's career and the making of mine. My dear readers will burn down my newspaper and burn me in effigy, maybe literally, in the town square. It reminds me of Henrik Ibsen's play, An Enemy of the People. The doctor in charge of a spa that is a tourist mecca and key part of his city's economy discovers that the waters of the spa are contaminated with bacteria. His brother, the mayor, and other big shots try to block the doctor from exposing the truth. The doctor defies them and publicly declares the truth only to discover that his revelation is met with public revulsion. He is rejected and denounced as an enemy of the people. The legend of the health-giving waters of the spa body slams the fact that the waters are contaminated. Back to the man who shot Liberty Valance. That film was made in an era about an era that no longer exists in America. Today, scandal sells. The media would love to blow the lid off the career of a politician, even a darling of the left such as Al Franken. That was the lesson of Watergate. Make your career by getting a political scalp. The bigger, the better.
the virtuous doctor in An Enemy of the People would be a hero of the modern media, blowing the whistle on an environmental crisis being concealed by political and business conspirators. The basic formula remains the same. Print what our readers are hungry to buy and consume. But the feverish appetite for scandal has twisted Print the Legend into Print the Scandal, even if it has no basis in fact. A CNN executive was caught on a microphone saying, yeah, the Trump-Russia collusion issue is baloney, but our viewers eat it up. It generates interest and is great for ratings. Forget the fact that it's a fake investigation of a fake allegation fueled by a fake dossier. Go with the scandalous legend, traitor Trump, treasonous Trump, Putin's puppet who prostituted himself to Russia to cheat Hillary Clinton out of her election victory. Back to Professor Marini. To summarize, ever since the New Deal, there has been a big government establishment deep state in Washington, D.C. It morphed into something even bigger and more powerful with the creation of the Great Society Welfare Entitlement System in the 1960s. During his first term as president, from 1969 through 1972, Nixon actually added to the administrative bureaucracy of the federal government. But according to Professor Marini, quote, Nixon's second term was not going to be a continuation of the first. Even the New York Times noted that the transformation of government demanded by Nixon after his 1972 re-election, his stated intention was to rein in the executive bureaucracy, was as extreme as if an opposition party had won, end quote. I thought the Republican Party was supposed to be an opposition party to the big government establishment deep state, but let's press on. I'm mocking the New York Times, not Professor Marini. Actually, I'm mocking the Republican Party for so often being indistinguishable from the big government Democratic Party. Anyway, Nixon said after his 1972 re-election, we're pushing back to the right and shrinking government in my second term, and he had been elected in a landslide. The deep state was desperate to stop Nixon. Along came Watergate. It became a way for the unelected bureaucracy to hound a president out of office and effectively overturn an election result it didn't like. Professor Marini contends that those who wanted Nixon out realized their political hand was weak. So they turned the issue into a legal dispute, turned the political battle into a legal proceeding that conveys the working of blind and impartial justice. Bury the target in a blizzard of hearings, prosecutors, grand juries, judges, and witnesses. It worked. Congressional Republicans and the American public began to wobble on Nixon. The relentless deluge of damaging testimony and negative media coverage had the desired effect. Nixon came to believe his position was untenable, that he would be the second president impeached by the House and the first one actually voted out of office by the Senate. Instead, he became the first president to resign. Mission accomplished for the deep state, but the deep state was so shaken by the experience that it pushed Congress to create a handy weapon, 
should future threats materialize? Professor Marini explains it this way. The Ethics in Government Act passed by Congress in 1978 established the Independent Council Statute. This legislation was justified on the ground that executive discretion must be subordinate to law, but that masked its political purpose, which was to insulate the permanent unelected government from political control. The Independent Council Statute was devised to stand as a bulwark against any president or senior executive branch official who dared threaten the centralized executive bureaucracy put in place by the Democratic Party majorities of the 1960s and 70s. It weakened the president's political control of that sprawling bureaucracy and strengthened Congress's hand in managing it. Ultimately, it had the effect of transforming political and policy disputes adjudicated by the elected branches of government, and thus by the people, into legal disputes in which the people have no part. So wrote Professor Marini in Imprimus. Republicans tried to use the Independent Council statute to do the same thing to President Clinton that was done to President Nixon, turn the political controversy over his alleged sexual exploitation of Monica Lewinsky and other women into a legal proceeding. Clinton should be impeached and removed from office, Republicans argued, not because of his sexual misbehavior, but because he perjured himself under oath in a legal proceeding. The House did impeach Clinton, but the Senate did not convict, perhaps because senators could see that it wasn't getting positive political traction with the American people, in large part because the Republicans lacked two key ingredients— for this formula to succeed, a willing deep state and a willing media. Professor Marini points out that the Watergate informant known to history as Deep Throat was a high-ranking FBI official. A deep state insider selectively leaked classified information to the Washington Post, which was eager to accommodate the deep state in its attack on Nixon. The deep state and the media were not allies for Republicans trying to drive President Clinton from office. The media narrative during the Clinton impeachment battle was that sexophobic Republican fanatics waged a shameful personal attack on a president over a private matter. There were no legal issues. There was no threat to the proper functioning of our democratic republic. Professor Marini says the deep state has it in for President Trump, we see today, in the two-year Mueller investigation and its aftermath, yet another attempt to destroy an anti-establishment president using a legal rather than political process of adjudication. The most notable difference between this scandal and Watergate is that President Trump has so far succeeded, largely through his relentless characterization of most of those in the media as dishonest partisans rather than objective reporters, in preventing the scandals around him from being defined by his enemies in legal rather than political terms, says Professor Marini. Maybe social media is the great equalizer. How many times has the president tweeted, witch haunt, about the Mueller investigation? The president has effectively communicated to his nearly 60 million Twitter followers that there was no collusion, a position confirmed by the Mueller report. Just this morning, the president has tweeted, 
as has been incorrectly reported by the fake news media, I never told then White House counsel Don McGahn to fire Robert Mueller, even though I had the legal right to do so. If I wanted to fire Mueller, I didn't need McGahn to do it. I could have done it myself. Nevertheless, Mueller was not fired and was respectfully allowed to finish his work on what I and many others say was an illegal investigation, there was no crime, headed by a Trump hater who was highly conflicted and a group of 18 very angry Democrats. Drain the swamp! Despite the fact that the Mueller report was composed by Trump haters and angry Democrats who had unlimited funds and human resources, the end result was no collusion, no obstruction. Amazing! Yesterday, the president tweeted, The Mueller report, despite being written by angry Democrats and Trump haters and with unlimited money behind it, $35 million, didn't lay a glove on me. I did nothing wrong. That last sentence in all caps. I did nothing wrong. If the partisan Dems ever tried to impeach, I would first head to the U.S. Supreme Court. Not only are there no high crimes and misdemeanors, there are no crimes by me at all. All of the crimes were committed by crooked Hillary, the Dems, the DNC, and dirty cops. Wow, he is now calling FBI agents dirty cops. And we caught them in the act. We waited for Mueller and won. So now the Dems look to Congress as last hope. No collusion, no obstruction. There has never been a president who has been more transparent. Millions of pages of documents were given to the Mueller angry Dems. Plus, I allowed everyone to testify, including White House counsel. I didn't have to do this, but now they want more. Congress has no time to legislate. They only want to continue the witch hunt, which I have already won. They should start looking at the criminals who are already very well known to all. This was a rigged system. Again, all caps, we will drain the swamp. Nixon was on defense. Trump is on offense. Nixon said, I am not a crook. That sounded defensive. Trump thunders, I did nothing wrong, and the Mueller report confirms it. Then he goes further and talks about draining the swamp and going after the real colluders and collaborators with the Russians. Remember the scene in one of the Rambo movies where Rambo is a prisoner in a sinister communist Vietnamese camp supervised by Soviet overlords? Rambo was sent on a secret mission to search for missing American POWs by a bureaucrat named Murdoch, who abandoned Rambo in the middle of the mission. His captors order Rambo to contact his base camp. The first voice you hear is Colonel Troutman, Rambo's former commander and the one man Rambo trusts. John, come in. Murdoch. He's here. Rambo, this is Murdoch. We're glad you're alive. Where are you? Give us your position and we'll come to pick you up. Murdoch. I'm coming to get you. And it's on. Rambo fights his way out of the prisoner camp and back to the base camp to settle the score with Murdoch. There's your toxic masculinity shot for the day. I'm thinking of a meme of President Trump vowing, Swamp creatures, I'm coming to get you. I'm not sure if that was Rambo or Batman, but you get the idea. Trump, the Rambo of American politics. There's a whole podcast by itself. 
I said at the time that Trump was making a terrible mistake by announcing after winning the presidency that despite the lock her up chant that reverberated at his campaign rallies, his administration would not pursue Hillary Clinton for collaborating with Russia to generate fake negative research on Trump and more importantly, for setting up an illegal email system handling classified information outside the proper channels of government while Secretary of State. I'll bet Trump regrets that decision now. I hope the president is serious about settling the score with the deep state and draining the swamp. Okay, let's get back to Professor Marini's analysis and bring this home. Trump has destroyed the narrative that there's a vital legal issue of collusion with a foreign power to subvert our democratic process. But it's not over. The attempted coup continues. The narrative now is that there may not have been collusion, but there may have been obstruction of justice. The president's effort to disrupt and derail the Mueller investigation rises to the level of a legal violation that threatens the very foundation of our republic. The deep state and the media, in collusion with congressional Democrats, will use that allegation to try to bludgeon the president. If they can't oust him, via the impeachment process, or drive him to resign, as they did Nixon, they hope that the American people will become so exasperated that by 2020, they will vote Trump out just to be rid of the noise. That would be a shame. The president should not be blamed for the barrage of negativity generated by his critics. There is no merit to the allegation of obstruction of justice, I know it's ridiculous, you know it's ridiculous, but do the people in your circles of life in which you travel know that it's ridiculous? Maybe not, unless you explain it to them. It's worse than ridiculous. It's big government establishment deep state swamp creatures trying to devour a legitimately elected president and thereby negate our votes in the last presidential election. Not on our watch. Come on now. That's the purpose of Throwback Thursday, to learn or review the historical record to prepare ourselves to be successful political evangelists. By sticking up for the president on this one, you also stick up for yourself and your vote. That's Throwback Thursday on Check with Chip. I'm Chip Maxwell. Thank you for listening.